What up y'all, this is the Twice Over Film Club and I'm your host Faraz. Today we are previewing The Trial of the Chicago 7. This film is nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards and is the winner for Best Screenplay at the Golden Globes. Make sure to check out our previous episodes. We have episodes out already for other Best Picture nominees such as Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, and Sound of Metal. We plan on filling out the category in April so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss out. All right, we got everyone here today with me, Farhan, Yusuf, and Fahad. That was a weird count, bro. What the hell? Yeah, I know, man. I'm not good. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. <laughs> that was a hysterical laugh. <laughs> All right, well, I know Farhan can hear me. Can everyone else still hear me? Yeah, we hear you, man. Can you hear me? Accents are the funniest thing to Farhan. Hello? Dude. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> A little too excited it's, there. It, it wasn't the accent. It was all one word. That was the best part. <laughs> yeah, man. that's true. All right, guys. What movie are we reviewing? If you don't know we yet. We finally got everyone here. Farhan, Fahad, Yusuf. It's three. We're reviewing three to one go. <laughs> three idiots? Yeah, it's the uh, sequel yeah. to Three Idiots, yes. Yeah. Four idiots. <laughs> Yo, what up, everyone? How you guys doing? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, well, man. Fahad, the movie we're doing is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh-huh. And the reason we're doing it is because we saw last week that it won Best Screenplay at the Golden Globes. And Impressive it is honors. both directed and written by Aaron Sorkin, who is very well known for his writing. Yusuf, did you call him my boy? Yeah, I did call him your boy. I don't know oh, if he's my boy. Like he's, I'm he's, just very familiar with his writing. Uh, yeah. I mean, outside yeah. of the West Wing, what else are you really familiar with? There's that other show he did. And he's done a bunch of movies like... Uh, the social network. Yeah, he did social um, network. Oh, he also did Moneyball. Okay. Yeah. Moneyball, yeah. What, what was the other uh, show? Was it Newsroom? Yeah, Newsroom with Jeff yeah. Bridges, I think. Yeah. Mm, I have not seen any of the Newsroom. Like, he's very much about those, uh, I guess, American values. He, big believer Wait, in Wait, he American did a few good men? Exceptionalism, right? Oh, that's a play. Would you say that, Fahad? Or would you say he's like, uh, he does a lot of very politically charged writing? Yes, that fits, that, that fits into and the political he's very, Yeah, and he's very idealistic about what uh, America is, right, and what democracy is. And I think you kind of get that vibe from this movie for sure. Oh, yeah, so that's why we're doing it. Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts? Uh, well, I, will, I was surprised at a one screenplay, to be honest with you, okay. personally, but that's about that's about it. I mean, it was a good... Are, you, are, we, are we talking film-wise or are we talking societal context? Both. <laughs> I it was an extremely timely movie, right? Yeah. yeah. And we just did, it came out. We just yeah, did Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah too, right? Right. Um, so like there is a lot of those types of movies coming out right now. Um, but I think at least I don't know what your experiences were, but for me again, just like Judas and the Black Messiah, this was my first time really learning a lot of these these facts, this story. Um, yeah. Yep. Aaron Sorkin generally like without even you know without even having seen this movie you know that he's he's good at at that um i think he he's good at progressing a story and kind of revealing information in the right order to keep you engaged um that's just something that his style tends to um you know to lend to right right yeah so the movie high level is about uh, members from multiple anti-war groups uh, and they're charged with inciting violence at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. And same thing, Yusuf, right? Like I, I knew about, I guess, the riots or the violence that occurred during that uh, convention. 
like learned it in passing in school, but d didn't know like much about the details at all. I guess all I knew was that, hey, there was some anti-war, anti-Vietnam War protests happening and it got a little violent. But yeah, I had no idea about this trial. I had no idea that these uh, seven people, like who they were and um, like what role they had in the anti-war movement. But so for that point, I thought, yeah, it's a very timely movie. I always feel like there's um, ups and downs in terms of engagement, public engagement in political discourse. And I feel like we're kind of in a moment in American history where that engagement is as high as it's probably been maybe since like the Iraq war um, in the mid 2000s. But there was definitely like a lull. Higher. It might be higher. Yeah, it might be only higher, though, because of my I perception. think it's higher since Vietnam. It's higher. It's it's the highest it's been since Vietnam, since Vietnam. Yeah, man, maybe I'm, I'm I always wonder, like, if in the mid 2000s, you know, we were just so young that we didn't grasp how much activism there was. But you could be right. Uh, I feel like they're definitely I think we just had the 2020 election just by sheer numbers. You can tell that engagement was as high as, you know, has been in a century in terms well, of like, following following the September 11th terrorist attacks and then the Iraq war blind nationalism was at an all time high. So oh, that yeah. kind of, um, yeah. overshadowed any, uh, movement that was going on, you know, anti-war or counterculture movement that was going on. Sure. That's yeah. very true. And like, you know, uh, the effect that like social media has nowadays, everybody knows everything. Everyone, everybody knows everything now. So like even arguably, I, and I don't know, I, I would want to hear from like a, a specialist in this field, but mm -hmm. I would think that this is even, we're even more active now, active meaning in terms of activism, than than we were in Vietnam. Vietnam is just we heard of it, like look at this thing, right? I mean, there's a maybe a thousand people, but how many people lived in Chicago? If this happened nowadays, oh, like how many be, more people? That'd be that'd be tens of thousands of people. Yeah. So let me let me ask you do you, do you think that is just a product of the times, um, the way that information travels, um, social media at its, uh, you know, at its peak, basically, right? Um, and, you know, the amount of just awareness there is for this type of thing, because you, you can just imagine in 1960s, what it took to kind of explain to somebody like, look, there's this, there's this organized, um, you know, effort going on uh, to, you know, suppress certain voices and all that. Like, how can you even explain that to somebody when you, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't see it. It's not in the papers and all of the, the resources you rely on, um, you know, are, are not shining a light on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I missed what the question was in there, but <laughs> no, you're, you're right though, for sure. You can't judge a movement based on the number of participants because these days it's so much easier to get like thousands and millions of supporters behind a movement because uh the ease of communication yeah just technology well, right so that's definitely true but i also think nowadays uh, okay obvi obviously this all depends on age group it depends on where you are peoria does not have the activism that <laughs> chicago does okay but um when i say that word activism mm -hmm. i'm saying that with a grain of salt because like armchair activists Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. And we all know about this, right? I mean, there's people who will just, all they do is just, it, it, they cancel other people because they're just participating in what is like, you know, what is politically correct and they don't want to be outside of that. You know what I'm saying? So people are so afraid, I think, of being unaware or like people knowing that they are unaware that they are not 
woke that they will just join any movement and without having hmm. any clue, without having any idea what the struggle really is, what the history of the struggle is, um, just so that they can put their name on it, so they can piggyback off of it. The the epitome of that was uh, the uh, the Instagram black squares, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Which is not, not too long ago, but, you know, so whoever, I That's don't know who started true. it, right? Somebody said, you know, we got to post uh, just a black, uh, you know, Pure black, just a square, you know, on, yeah, on your this Instagram. This is post-George Floyd. Post-George yeah. Floyd, right. Yeah. And, and so the idea was you have to show that you're you're supporting Black Lives Matter. You're, sh- you're supporting the cause. But then everyone just did it, and it was so easy to do that it kind of lets people off the hook because you get to say, like, look, I'm, I'm supporting. And internally, you even feel better about that. Um, and I'll be quite honest, you know, I, I can get sucked into that stuff, too. I'm not even saying, um, you know, that it's like, you know, the certain people it's it's everyone it's easy to take those really easy actions and then not lift a finger for the stuff that that can really have you know more impact because you feel like you've done your job uh, and that mm-hmm. that is exactly what you know armchair activism opens the door to um, and then mm-hmm. building on that also you know i can say information is at its uh at its peak in terms of you know just availability but disinformation to is it. too right yeah so yeah. it's it goes both ways right so Let's get back to the uh, the time period, right? Um, this is this mo- movie takes place um, during the Vietnam War. Um, there's a Democratic National Convention going on, and who is the president? Uh, the uh, Democratic Party's elected? so well, it's Lyndon Johnson who's the president, right? And he okay. has decided he just got elected. No, he's right. no, no. Lyndon Johnson is uh, finishing his term, and he's saying he's not going to run for re-election. He was eligible because, uh, you know, he became president initially after JFK's assassination. So mm. you can be okay. elected twice. So he was eligible, but he's decided not to run, mainly probably because of the Vietnam War. He didn't want to have to deal with the campaigning with that. Um, and then Robert Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, was the leading candidate for the Democrats until he was assassinated. And then when he was assassinated, they pretty much handpicked the VP, which was Hubert Humphrey. And the problem there was Robert Kennedy was staunchly anti-war, did not want to continue the, continue the Vietnam War. Uh, but Hubert hum- Humphreys would more or less continue the policies of Lyndon Johnson. And that obviously and was not acceptable to all the people that were anti-Vietnam War. And they were like, there's literally no difference between Richard Nixon, who's a Republican nominee, and Hubert Humphrey, who's the Democrat nominee. There's literally no difference when it comes to the Vietnam War because they both will continue this unjustified war. And that's why they wanted to go to the DNC and protest their decision to make Hubert Humphrey the nominee or protest him as the nominee, more or less. Um, Mm. So that is the backdrop to why there was this protest, why it happened in Chicago and why and the convention was taking place in Chicago um, and like why it was that specific moment. That was uh, that's like the backdrop of this of this film. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, yeah, um, <laughs> overall, I'm going to say this is a movie that people should be watching nowadays. I am. I mean, from you guys that know me, right. Like I I do like talking politics. I actually enjoy it. I think it's important discussions. Um, I really don't believe in the idea that. Uh, you should like politics should be avoided in certain um, discussions when, in my opinion, politics is involved in everything. Uh, so I just think this movie kind of helps people like it might help you think, realize that being active politically is 
is it should be the norm. It should be the cultural norm that you should be active in politics because it affects your life every single day. And if you have the privilege to think that it doesn't, uh, just know that just means you're the system's working for you, but it's not working for everyone. Again, we, I don't think we haven't really started talking about the movie, but um, that's fine. This is a preview, I guess. Yeah, I think we got to clarify active when you say active in politics versus doing your part. Okay, I'll say this. Participating. <laughs> My bar for doing active, your part in participating. Let but, me say this. The bar for active is please vote. <laughs> that's really yeah, how low yeah. the bar is. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> so uh, 100% with you. I, I, I mean, I don't think it needs... I, I disagree, and that's fine. That it needs to be a part of like every dis- uh, a part of uh, that it sh- that it should be a part of every talk or something like that. I don't know if that's what you were saying, but um, I, I think yeah. there are certain I think there are certain time periods where politics is not warranted. So I I, I fully believe that. However, um, yeah, I mean, knowing what is happening to the world outside of you is not only uh, <laughs> a sensible human thing to do i mean well that's just really it it's just if you're gonna ever claim that you have any goodness in, in your heart then you kind of have to know what people are are struggling with outside of your circle that you um the, the only circle that you know yeah so yeah i mean i completely agree with you on that what faraz is pointing out is i think there is a tendency in in social gatherings like if somebody kind of brings up something political there's often a lot of like hey like let's let's not ruin a good time you know and, and that yeah, like, is and that is privilege not, yeah. right that is privilege and yeah. it's and it's finest so i i think i think we agree that that's probably not the the best answer to somebody bringing up yeah. something that's uncomfortable um yeah. right but uh but yeah like there's also there's also a a, a way to 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 bring up politics and there's a way to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're right. talking about like a UFC fight, you don't just randomly bring it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's a very good point because because athletes bring up politics all the time and they get mm-hmm. shitted on <laughs> because yeah. Oh, yeah. because people tell them that you're you should just put your head down and do your job. And that is, you know, that's just vile. I mean that that is that is, you know, gatekeeping in terms of who should be who should be able to open their mouths about certain things um and so yeah i i, th- I think i think that is you know the shut up and dribble uh yeah. I, I don't think you can you can even call it a scandal but the 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 time that that happened to lebron james i mean i think that speaks for itself of of how ludicrous that is because um because you know people on one side never shut up and people on the other side are told to shut up uh just for you know mentioning something uh outside of you know, outside of their profession. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's very clear, but yeah, I, I think for us, I, I agree with you on the point that this is just a movie you should watch. I think I, we said it about, uh, Judas and the black Messiah too. Uh, if nothing else, just to know what happened in these events. Um, it's just, it's just a worthwhile watch. It's on your screen at home. It's Netflix is already pushing it in your face constantly. Right. Just, just click it. <laughs> so in which, by the way, this is, and not, this is aside from our discussion. So I, I actually like that we talked about this outside of the film film discussion. Yeah. Like the technical aspects of the film. This is a must watch for the educational like a documentary because so much of this movie is true to what did happen. Surprisingly so. Even just to see corruption at work. Even just to see what black people struggled with in the 60s and now. Still now. 
I think it is, I definitely categorize this as a must watch along with Judas and the Black Messiah. So I think that's a little bit of foreshadowing, right? <laughs> uh, this movie may not be perfect as a film. Uh, that should not be right. a deterrent, but uh, no, it, yeah. it's, and it's it's, it's a separate it's a separate analysis from the uh, the cultural value this might have. All right, uh, let's wrap this up with our scores, so the audience has a general idea of how we felt technically about the film. All right, for the narrative, I actually gave this an eighty. Eighty. Ninety. Ninety. So interesting. This is um, I guess this is going to tie into the next score as well. Yeah, I think it will but, too. Um, for me, I gave the writing a ninety. I give it an 80. I give it an 85. 85. All right. Hey, Fahad. Uh, then Yusuf, Best same friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, acting, I give this an 80. 90. 80. 80. Yusuf, okay. I think we're agreeing on this movie because it's a law-based movie. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we always, right. you always pick them. Themes, I'm going to go with 85. I'm torn, but I'm going to say 80. I'm going with a 75. <laughs> You're kidding. 75. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And <laughs> I struggled with the... that too. Interesting. Um, aesthetics, I give it a 75. 75. 65. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Yusuf. No, no Yusuf, way. Just change it. Just change it. I can't, dude. I, I have it written on my screen. I wrote it ahead of 65. It's a 65. Wow. wow. So this is probably one of the lowest uh, distributions of most films that we've done. It's only five. Fahad is low at 79 and all of us are uh-huh. at 84. Interesting. For, for um, a movie that won uh, Best Screenplay, Golden, Golden Globe? Golden Globe, yeah. Golden, yeah. Best Screenplay. Our scores don't really reflect it, do they? Does that say something about no. 2020? Well, our writing scores are all high. Right? Oh, far, uh, far, not really. Farn is low at 80, but me... I'm at 90. Fahad and Yusuf are at 85. 85 right. Yeah, I think is is for a Golden Globe. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, is, that is high. That is high. Yeah, yeah. It's, de- it's pretty. No, high. but narrative narrative is included in in screenplay. Yeah, I mean narrative I'm, and writing. I'm high yeah. on narrative too. I think two of us are at 90 and two of us yep, are at yep. 80. So yep, yep. I mean, yeah. it's not the highest scores, but like generally we're positive on those two things. So I guess I mean that's true. I, I yeah. guess it, it shows some merit. Maybe maybe we disagree that it should have won, but I think the nomination is definitely warranted. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everyone, this is the preview episode, the conclusion of our preview episode. Uh, Get this movie or watch this movie by next week when our full episode comes out. Peace. Thanks for listening to this production of The Twice Over. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. Want to see what your tally is? Check out thetwiceover.com. All the movies we've done are listed there, as well as what we're watching for the current week. Follow us at The Twice Over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can leave us any suggestions, feedback, or comments. And if you're about it, you can also support us on Patreon. The music you hear on this podcast is from Amerigo Gazaway. You can find his work on Bandcamp and Spotify.